0: Welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, as ever, it's going to be city chat all the way. Um, I've no doubt we'll talk about the latest game and the matches that are coming up. And very grateful to all the retweets, the lovely comments and the sharing and everything that everybody does. And of course, it's free to subscribe. And right. the reason why I'm able to make this free to subscribe and let everybody listen to it, wants to listen to it, is because of the support of Howard Solicitors, who are based in Stockport, Ashton and Cheshire. They specialise in all sorts of things, including family law. So if you're going through a separation, for example, or you're having problems with access to your children, or with social services, then you can give them a call on 0161 872 9999, or email law at howardsolicitors.com. Uh, they obviously have a website as well, howardsolicitors.com, simple as that. Now, Ian Mellor, the former City player, um, had promised to come on the uh, the podcast tonight through no fault of his own, um, only the fact that he's, um, you know, a, uh, how shall we say, a senior former player who is struggling with technology. Um, He can't join us tonight so next time I see him I'm going to try and give him a lesson on how to use the technology (laughs) and that's coming from me so that he can be on a future podcast. So this last minute um, we've lost Ian but what we do have we have two fantastic contributors to the, uh, the podcast on a regular basis. We have Toby who I've done a little bit of work with at Tameside Radio, where I've been in some work as well. He's obviously a a student, aspiring journalist. In fact, um, in a couple of weeks, he's going to fill in on my newspaper column for me, which is great. So he's going to get a chance to show what he can do with a written word as well. And uh, as if... um, Being short of a word or two is not a problem. Um, I've got Paul, um, prestige Paul on, um, who will certainly not be short of a word or two, I'm sure of that. Um, So we've got two great uh, guests on this week and lots to talk about, not least, I mean, I've been writing, talk about newspaper columns. I'm Ian Cheeseman, by the way, if you didn't know that, and this is the Forever Blue podcast. And and I've been writing a, a column this week and I've been worried a little bit about a few things. And the last thing I want to do is be negative. So please don't think this is being negative. But one of the concerns that I've heard from some of the contributors to the vlogs that I do on YouTube has been, for the first time anyway, I'm starting to hear people go, are we a bit too reliant on Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne? Now, if you look at the last five games, City have scored four goals. Two by Erling Haaland, two by Kevin De Bruyne. And, of course, there were three games in that sequence where City didn't score a goal. Now, admittedly, the two goals in Europe, it wasn't crucial that they scored. It wasn't crucial that they won. City still got what they needed and have gone through as group winners. And the game on Wednesday against Seville will be a complete dead rubber. City won at Leicester City by a goal to nil. They needed to do what they did. They did it. Um, you could argue that Leicester put everybody behind the ball and so made it very difficult and Kevin De Bruyne came up with a wonderful free kick the game against Brighton um, Harland scored twice, won a penalty and of course Kevin De Bruyne hit another fantastic shot from outside the box to complete the scoring but we're not seeing what we used to see from City which is a threat from all parts of the pitch and lots of goals going in is that a concern? you know a lot of people are saying well as long as they're winning as long as they're, they're, they are where yeah. they are. Second in the league As of course, Arsenal scored five past Forest today as we're recording this. It doesn't matter. And I get that. As long as you win, there are no problems. And most people go, right, move on to the next game. No issues whatsoever. But it's just something that's nagging away at the back of my mind that, you know, once we get to the second period of the season after the World Cup, if we're too dependent on two players, does that make City easier to stop, easier to predict? Maybe not against the weaker teams, maybe not against Fulham, maybe not against Brentford, but when it comes to playing back-to-back games, I know they won't literally be back-to-back, but you know what I mean, home and away against Arsenal, home and away against Spurs, home to Liverpool, United at Old Trafford, latter stages of the Champions League, is it easier to stop City now that they've become a little bit more um, dependent on that partnership between KDB and Harlan. So that's the first part of the discussion. So let's kick off with the youth of today, the aspiring journalist, and see what Toby's got to say. If you were writing a column, would you be going against what I've just written? And, mm-hmm. and what, what do you think about those issues?
1: I think we've gone from one, one extreme to the other, whereas the last two seasons, well, we haven't had a strike or we haven't been pe- playing without that focal point you know where, where we've we've relied on goals coming from all parts of the team now we've gone from that extreme to having the extreme of we've we've got this striker who is scoring an outrageous a, a ridiculous amount of goals more goals than anyone would ever thought he was going to score um so I, I it's an interesting discussion point um i i personally i, th- I personally think you're right I, I think it is a little bit of a worry um when we don't have the likes of de bruyne and hart we i mean we've always relied on de bruyne don't get me wrong i think we can play without him but with him, we are such a more creative unit and we, we can create so many more chances and so many more, more opportunities. And the, I think one of the reasons why for the last two seasons without strike, we have been able to play the way we have is because of the creativity of De Bruyne because he's been able to put it on a plate as such for these players who maybe aren't so good at finishing because they're not strikers. Um, but I mean, if you as you say, if you look at those last five games, um, the games that Haaland didn't play, he, ha- he didn't play at Copenhagen away he didn't play, um, he only played 45 minutes in Dortmund. He didn't play against Leicester. And those are the games where we've struggled. De Bruyne, I mean, yesterday, I've got to say, it was going to take something sensational to beat Leicester. I, I watched, um, watched Match of the Day last night uh, when I got back and um, Leicester were brilliant defensively. Um, you know, you don't, I was so low down in the, in the away end. I got some really great seats yesterday, but... Um, you, you, so you don't really see it from there, but they were so great defensively. They 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 re, they stayed together as a unit. They did exactly what they needed to do to not concede against us, and it was going to take something sensational like that um, to beat them. And credit to Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, when we need it most, players like him have always stepped up for us. Um, and in fact, there is no player like him. I, him, I personally think he's the best best midfielder that the Premier League's ever seen. I think that 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 will go down once he's retired and once he's moved on. But yeah, it is a worry. It is a worry. It is something in, in the back of your mind that you, you, know, yes, it was a great result. I think we first I think the Lister always give us a game at the King Power. I think last what, three seasons it's been one-nil there, if I'm right in saying it definitely was last season. I, I can't remember the season before. Um so so yeah it is definitely a worry. Um but we, we got to take three points and move on. Um we've got what Fulham next uh, Severe, obviously but that's a that's a that's a dead weight game as you say Ian and we've got Fulham and Brentford before um, before the the World Cup, and hopefully Erling will be back for the air for the Chelsea get, uh, game in the cup.
2: Paul? Well, i should Imagine they've been working really hard to integrate getting a striker into the system because we've not had one for basically two seasons. They, you know, they're going to have to work hard on it, get it done. Um, we have also got Alvarez though, but we, which can, you know, gives us something a little bit different. Um, we, we've got, with the same sort of players we had a few seasons ago. We haven't got Jesus, and I think we do miss that. Um, I don't think we miss um, uh, Sterling, if I'm being perfectly honest. I don't think we miss his contributions. Uh, Mahrez hasn't been on, been on it for a while. So we're not, you know, this, this season, to be honest, apart from Harland scoring his goals, we have been a little bit, off what we were the other seasons which it sounds ridiculous I know because he's he's banging them goals um I won't exactly say it's a concern I just think I think there's a lot going on in in players minds at the moment with the World Cup coming up and what have you um so I, I I think we should sort of wait until the start of the second part of the season if you like um you know, just uh, before Christmas, that, I think that's when it is. I've, I've lost track of when the season is these this this season, to be honest. But I think, you know, we'll, we'll know more after. I think there's a lot of players who are, you know, like Ugunderwins and, and players like that. They're a little bit older. Um, and this could be their possibly last World Cup, maybe. Um, so they're not wanting to miss it. So I think it's going to be playing on the players' minds a little bit. And I think you'll see... I think you'll see us go again in, in, in the second part of the season. I think we'll be we'll be proper on it. And I don't think there's a team going to live with us once we get back from this break.
0: There's a couple of issues though that you've touched on. Fixture, congestion isn't wasn't specifically something you talked about, but it's also occurred to me that that might be a factor. But Pep was asked at the press conference before the game at Leicester uh, by a journalist who was basically saying... Do you think your players have got half, any of your players or maybe all of your players have got half a mind on the upcoming World Cup? And have you talked to them about it? And his answer was he hadn't talked to them specifically about it, but uh, it might be in the back of their minds a little bit. And when you look at the the, the World Cup coming up and the number of games that are being played back to back, obviously the Champions League has been squashed into a much more compact uh, period of time. You do wonder whether that has been a factor in any of this. Kevin De Bruyne, his Belgium team is is one of the favorites to to win the World Cup. And whilst he is only in his early 30s, and he could play in one or maybe even two more after this one in theory, you know, when Belgium are in this purple patch with Roberto Martinez in charge and you know, expected to do really well in this competition, you, you just wonder whether you know, he is absolutely determined not to miss the World Cup and not to pick up an injury because he's had a few injuries in in recent seasons and whether this is a factor. And, um, you know, I mean, is is that something that's crossed your mind, Toby, that City are not playing quite the best because players are, you know, thinking of the World Cup or is that not something you think you've seen any evidence of?
1: It's hard to tell, really, I think there is, I think whether these, I mean, these, these players have a ridiculous amount of staff behind them that, that train their, their minds and their mental states to, to not focus on things like that, I think. Um, so I think, but I, th- I think they're only human. So, yeah, potentially there is in the back of their minds that they don't want to miss the World Cup. As you say, De Bruyne is in his early 30s. Um, and so yes, you know, thinking about it, he probably could make another World Cup, but will he be at his best? Will he be selected? Will he be, you know, he might he might have a career ending injury at 30, 33, 34 as you get as your body becomes um less able to be so physically fit, um, especially with the speed of the game these days. Um, so yeah, it is it is potentially at the back of their minds, but I, th- I think Pep is such a good coach. And he's and he's proved that he's, he's proved that he's able to get into the minds of players. You look at how he's done with with Raheem Sterling over the years. Um, you know how he's able to get into these players' minds and, and almost train their minds to, to 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 his philosophy. So I don't see how it would be different with anything. Like that. I, I think he, I think he would want to just keep on going. I think I think their whole mentality is just take it as it goes, take every game, next game, and just keep on going, keep getting the wins, keep plugging it out. But as I say, the other side of the coin, you say they are they are only human. They are um they are able to think and that you know maybe subconsciously they are thinking while they're playing on the pitch while well, you're not know, you're not quite going in hundred percent into a into a challenge you know, those sort of 50-50s and really going for other and then they you know if they if they start feeling something, you know, and it, it sort of all all plays on the mind. So yeah, I can see how it could, but um I, I I don't know, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see over the next few weeks as well. Um I think that the I think as um Paul says, I think the fixture fixture list could come into effect after the World Cup as well. Um, Well, The fixture
0: list, though, after the World Cup, Toby, is that there are two big games that have been postponed. Those two big games are going to be in the midst of a very jam-packed second half of the season. And assuming City progress in the League Cup, which we don't know about, because obviously Chelsea's next up at the Etihad, Um, Assuming they progress in the FA Cup, which you would expect them to to do, and be in the latter stage of the Champions League, because of the World Cup, players are going to come back having played seven, eight intense games over there, potentially, and Mm. then have all these fixtures midweek after midweek coming up in a row. I mean, that's a tough challenge mentally, physically, everything, isn't it?
1: we already knew that this season was going to be uh, quite straining on the players because of the the fixture list that was already there um but now with the postponement of the spurs and the arsenal game um we we I, I think we're we're a team that likes to think we're going to get quite into the last stage of every competition of course being handed chelsea in the first round of a, a carabao cup um obviously gives us a bit of a uh, a challenge uh, and potentially we can get we, we could get knocked out there the fa cup again we, we like to go quite far i think we we almost budget as a club to go to at least the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Um, and you'd like to see us get further, especially with Harland. Um, But I said it a few, I think, I can't remember if it was on one of your vlogs or if it was on the podcast, probably both, to be fair. I actually almost think it's a bit of an advantage in terms of the fixtures themselves um, that have been postponed because we were going to be playing Spurs and Arsenal at a time. I mean, we would have played Arsenal uh, straight after Liverpool. How we would have performed in that game, I don't know. Um, after that result, so I think almost we, we, I mean, as, as I said before. On, on that podcast before we do this we, we, we've seen this multiple times with PET where we just go and win a run of games and we've so far ahead that okay we, we get to the Arsenal away game or the Arsenal home game whichever one comes first and we'll be, we might be so far ahead by that point that the league is effectively I don't want to say over because I don't want to jinx it but we might get to that point but yeah that the, the fixture congestion is going to be and, and maybe and maybe that that in itself is in the players heads maybe it's not just the World Cup um that is in the play maybe it's 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 the the following of the of the world cup that the players are thinking right well i've got to go and play in qatar in the massive heat conditions that it is over there with, that cause all the controversy um and then i've got to cut straight after i have got to come right back into the most congested part of the season in terms of the fixtures so maybe that is on the, the players mind as well
0: paul you played uh, you know i know it wasn't professional it wasn't at the top of the game and it wasn't football it was rugby league but you you have played week in, week out in a competitive sport. You know what it takes out of the body. You know what mental and physical... I mean, you obviously would have been doing a job as well, so that would have been even harder. You know what players go through. Can you imagine what it must be like to be a creative player who is pushing your body in this modern game to the extreme? You know, you have to be super fit, stretching and all the rest of it all the time. And when you come back from that World Cup, I mean already played the first chunk of the season then you go into that intensity. Can you imagine that you would have been able to perform at your best? I can't
2: imagine there's going to be absolutely any players who can honestly, hand on heart, say that they're going to be 100% fit during this period. Um, there'll be players who are playing, you know, that sort level, you're never 100% fit. There's no player can say that, but they're going to be well below par. The, the, It's a psychological thing. They're over there. They're doing this World Cup and it's very intense. Normally, when you do a World Cup, you get a rest after it. So you go through the intensity, then you get like a couple of weeks off. Then you start the season again. You do your pre-seasons. Well, this isn't. This has been shoe-armed in. Um, It's going to be intense. You know, it's already been an intense season up to this point. Um, And then you're expected to go again. So... I think Pep's been doing it. I think Pep's been managing games better than he's ever managed games before. We're just doing enough to win matches. Um, we're not going all out and out. We're not uh, pushing ourselves. I don't think we've been out of third gear in any game this season yet. Um, I, in fact, so most of it, I think we've been at, not got out of second gear. We're just working and working and working and we're doing enough to win games. You know, I know Ireland's coming it's kind of made the results a bit freaky in a way because we have been blowing teams away just purely on Haaland's goals. Where I think if we didn't have Haaland scoring them goals, it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, if we didn't have him scoring them goals, we'd have still beat these teams, but it might have been by one or two, as opposed to four and five. Um, So I think Pep's Pep's aware of it all, and I think he's managing the players, he's using his squad, He's, he's bringing the young players in, you know, the the through to the next round of the Champions League, so we choose these games of dead rubber. You know, so we can bring a lot of kids in, rest them, and give, give these players a mental break. There's a lot brought. You know, people sort of always say, "Oh, he's a million pound, he's a hundred million pound player." You know, what I do is like I do every every day, and then have a, you know, he doesn't wear that anymore. It's elite. This is this is different now. This is a different sport and when your likes so of your you George Best were playing and they could drinking every weekend and then play on a Saturday, and it's not that anymore. This is this is true professional elite level sport and it's a completely
0: different thing. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how also, I think, how players react from potential disappointment. This isn't an angle many people would probably look at, but it certainly occurred to me. If, for example, and I'm just using Kevin De Bruyne as an example, it could be the England players, uh, it could be whoever, Uh, imagine, you know, you you get to a semi-final, you go out on penalties, you know, that that feeling you get when you have that huge disappointment, uh, you know, you're completely deflated. Now, in a normal World Cup season, you would have a month, you know, where you would go away for a couple of weeks and try and get it out of your system. You then go into pre-season for a couple of weeks, and then in the early matches, when you come back from that, you your manager might only play you for half a game or might leave you out for a match. But if, for example, Kevin De Bruyne or John Stones or whoever it might be, one of the, the Portuguese players, their team has a heartbreak breaking result, goes out, loses in the final on penalties, anything like that, that could affect the part the physicality side of it, could help affect them mentally. Because they've got to come back and they've got to hit the ground running. City are away at Leeds on the 28th, the first league game back after the World Cup. We've just seen what Leeds did to Liverpool. So that game cannot be taken for granted. And then it's Everton and then it's the FA Cup third round. So it goes. And we don't know when the Arsenal and Spurs games are going to be shoehorned into that. And they could even be in January as well. We don't know at this point. Is that a concern as well, Toby?
1: Yeah, of course it is. As I, as I said before, they... they... It's probably it potentially playing on their mind that they're going to have to come back from the World Cup. They're going to be playing in this extremely hot country in conditions that they potentially never played professional. They probably haven't played professional football in before. Straight back into a into intense football, and again in in the most intense part of the season. Um, I think as well, just to sort of add to that point, um, it's always it's always as you say, it's always difficult playing in, in two different stuff because. If you look at, OK, let's take the England players, for example, you go from you go from playing the style of football that Pep Guardiola plays. He plays an attacking style. He plays a, a style of football. He wants to go and get the, the opposition. He wants to hold the ball, but he wants to go and he wants to go and find the goals. And then we go and smash team 6-0. And it's, it's fantastic to watch at times. People would argue we're boring. I think they're stupid, in, in my opinion. Um, but... Uh, then you go from from playing that magnificent football. You then go to playing England style of football, and I don't mean any criticism in this whatsoever, because Gareth Southgate. I quite like Gareth Southgate as a manager. I think as an England manager, he's he's brilliant because he sets up not to lose. It might not be brilliant football, it might not be magnificent football that we're used to watching with Pep Guardiola, but actually it's brilliant tournament football because he sets up not to lose. He might not want to go and win the game, he might not want to go and chase it, but he doesn't, he doesn't he sets up so he doesn't lose. And that got us to a World Cup semi-final and a Euro, European Cup final as well. Um, so you go you go from playing that style of football, then you've got to come back. And as you say, in a normal setting, you'd have a month where you'd have that sort of wind down. Yes, you might have the disappointments as well. You have that month, and then you go into preseason where you you sort of if bring yourself back into that that style of football, and then you go into the season. Whereas now you're going to come back and instantly go into a into a tough game. And so I think yes, that a disappointment. Let's say England were to go out in the semi-finals again, or were to go out and or would be not were to be beaten on penalties in the final. That combined with the fact that then they've got to play a completely different style of play. Um, that could have a massive that could have a, a, a massive effect and then you go into a game against Leeds and again I don't think Leeds are going to have that many that many players go to the world Cup I don't know um I, I don't know the nations uh, but, but you'd think that 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 most of the players especially they've got a lot of English players not many of those are going to be going to the World Cup the one the only one I can remember is Calvin Phillips and he's now a player for us um so they could come back and go actually we've got a chance here and go and beat us, especially as, as Ellen Road as well so yeah that that, that could have a, a massive effect as well
0: well, there's a lot to chew over, really, in terms of where City are. I mean, in terms of the performance at Leicester, um, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it all. And what worried me most was that Kevin De Bruyne scored an, an unbelievable goal. and um, We know the quality he's got and he can always produce something. So you, you'd you have him on the field in every game. He, I've even had people around me saying, Kevin De Bruyne's not playing well today. I remember at West Ham earlier in the season. And I thought, Maybe by his extremely high standards, he isn't. But he's always capable of producing something. So I'd always have him in my team. I'd always have Bernardo Silva in my team uh, as another absolute definite. And Erling Haaland, of course, at the moment. But other than that, I'm not seeing the same level uh, that I've seen in previous seasons, if I'm being honest. I'm I'm watching a game at Leicester. I'm thinking, Cancelo looks like the next most creative player in the team. And yet he's an overlapping fullback. And I'm looking at Jack Grealish, who consistently is getting under par marks when you look at the Manchester Evening News and and the way that they mark players. And I think he should be doing what Cancelo's doing. He should be doing what Bernardo Silva's doing on the other side of the field. And I still feel as if he's not contributing. And I'm still I'm starting to see more and more people now getting a little bit disillusioned with the lack of contribution from... From Jack Grealish, I, 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 what do you think about that, Paul? What, what, what's your take on all that? Um, yeah,
2: I, I take that. I I, I agree with you. Um, I think I think a lot of it sounds to the way that the other teams are setting up against us now. They kind of, um, you know, we, before we was we had a lot more room. We were moving the ball about, and they were scared of where we we're going to create from. But now they seem to think that if we just close the channels down and stop the ball coming across and we'll, we will you know even if Haaland's not playing they're trying to stop us doing that um i don't think i don't think there's any player this season that's really been on it if i'm being honest you know going right back from the goalkeeper which last week he was i thought he was he was shocking um his distribution which is normally amazing was 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 poor so you could write through can be right through the players, right through to the, the top and, you know, you know. apart from you, 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 you Kevin De Bruyne, again, he looks a bit off par, but I think we've said this before, Ian, that, you know, these these players that can create something from nothing um, and just the fact that uh, it's a fear factor that Kevin De Bruyne is on the pitch, that's enough to, you know, get you three points sometimes. So, I just don't think we've been on it all season I, and, and I'll, I'll look at the games in the the whole Premier League this season. And I, I don't think they've been that as intense as they normally are. That can only be one thing, and that can only be the the, the fade of this, you know, the amount of games that's going to be in this season. The the whole Premier League hasn't been as competitive and as fierce as as we've seen it over the years, and it can only be that. Hmm.
0: Um, I mean, obviously, the, the danger, I said this at the beginning of the podcast, is that certainly my comments, and maybe yours as well, Paul, will come over to some people as being negative. And that's the last thing I want to do. I mean, City are second in the league. the through to the group state, the knockout stages of the Champions League, having won the group very impressively, the first three performances in that group. They have not even started yet in the League Cup, haven't started in the FA Cup. What's not to like? I mean, they've got the top scorer in the, the Premier League but I still have some anxieties so I'm going to rely on the the youth of Toby to to put us right here Paul because you know you you come from a different generation Toby so Toby. tell me that tell us that me and Paul are wrong we're being too negative and everything in the garden is rosy come on it's your
1: platform. I, I was about to say um I do I, I disagree with you there Paul <laughs> I was I was gonna wait to see what you said and I'm you <laughs> I was, I'm glad you've given me the platform for that. Um, no, I, I, I can't. I can't honestly sit here and say that every single one of our players has been not as hasn't been up to par. Erling Haaland scored. I mean, we, we look at the stats that the, the And yes, he's this 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 player, this this hopeful player coming. But I'm going to come on to the other ones in a minute. Um, we, we see the whole the whole deal with the hat tricks in terms of getting it what ten times faster getting three hat tricks than what was it? I think it's Michael Owen who was on. It's 48 games or 49. I can't even remember now. Um, then you look at, okay, look at another one of our new signings. You look at Akanji. I think he's come in. He's hit the ground running. He's been fantastic. I don't think he's been dribbled past this season. Same with Ruben Diaz. He hasn't been dribbled past this season. He's been fantastic. And bear in mind, Akanji as well has had to fill in at right back with the absence of Kyle Walker. So he's he's adapted to being a centre back in a Man City team. To then have to adapt to being a right back in a Man City team it has been fantastic. So the cover there has been amazing. Um, again, Ruben Diaz, Ake has been, I think, has been brilliant. Edison, I've always had my gripes about Edison. I don't think he can save a shot to save his life. I think he's in terms of a goalkeeper, he's absolutely woeful. But as a as a distributor of the ball, as a keeper of the ball, uh, you know, in, in our system, he's what we need for that for that system. Rodri, Bernardo, they always put in the consistent performances for me. Bernardo is always the, the the player that runs the most and that creates that a lot of chances and, and potentially is that player that's slightly undervalued. But I, I actually quite like his position because you look at a player like Erling Haaland who will be in the headlines, yes, when he's scoring a million hat-tricks or, or whatever. But then in, if he goes through a period of five games, which I think he will, of not scoring, he'll be in the papers of what's happened to Erling Haaland. Whereas Bernardo, he sort of goes under the radar when he's, been good and goes under the radar when he's been bad anyway that was a bit of a tangent but uh, we've got De Bruyne has been brilliant we've we've got so many players that have been amazing so I can't say that they've been under par as a team yes I think we've been a little bit slower but uh, and we haven't we haven't gone after games as much as we 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 potentially have in previous years but then I mean you look at last season well went one that really sticks out for me um, in fact, the, both games against Burnley, and there's many examples I could go on forever. But just just to to the pure uh, of using an example, we won both those games two two nil I think. And bo- when we went two nil up on both of them, we stopped playing effectively. And so I think we've always done that. We've always got to a point in games where we think, okay, well we can go after this team and we can really go and get six, you know, six or seven goals or whatever. But I think there's also times when we turn around and go, actually, let's just hold the game in those tougher. Uh, more almost gritty games where we just need to get a result. And that's potential what we did at Leicester yesterday because we knew that there were going to be a hard team to break down. Um, in terms of Jack Grealish, just going back to that point, um, I, I think he's been a lot better this season. I I, I really I hope, Jack, I, you, you really hope with him because he is a £100 million player and he has got the talent I think sticking to the stats and and goals and assists is is silly um, because he's not he's more more he's more than that as a player. He won the free kick that that scored he scored the goal from yesterday. So yes, he's not lived up to that hundred million pound price tag yet. But he's not worth hundred million pound. He's not worth it now. He wasn't worth it when he signed him. He's never been worth it in his entire career. Um, so I think sticking constantly going back to that price tag will only um, will only put more pressure on him. So I think we just need to try and let him play. My frustration with him is that he almost, he there's almost times when he tries to play and tries to be brilliant with the ball and tries to run, uh, and he almost does it at the wrong time. He almost, there's almost times when, when he does the opposite thing that he needs to do. We, we've seen how he was at Villa. He was that focal point where, where he ran and he was, he was running through. In the moment he did that yesterday, he won a free kick, which we scored a goal from. So I think there's times he needs to run in and times when he needs to pass the ball off because that's what Pep will want him to do. But from what I've seen, he, he had that performance against Wolves. He was brilliant against Copenhagen at home. I think um, he was. Did he? I, I, there was another one that he's played that he was that I thought he was brilliant. And then I, I don't think he was half bad yesterday. I know that's not what we want to be hearing, but I think we've just got to back him and give him the confidence um, to to try and let him play. Um, with him. Uh, I think just this is moving on to another point, just as a general thing with City. Um, We used to have, I mean, you think, what, three, four years ago, we had a point where we had Raheem Sterling and Leroy Sane as our wingers, two ultimately very pacey wingers who could just absolutely run on the counter attack, who could run past players with just their pace. I look at our wingers now and I go, there's not much pace there. You look at Jack, you look at Mares, and you look at Phil. Phil's great on just, just getting the acceleration up. He's great. But he's not that fast of a play. He's not got the lightning speed of the likes of a Sarney or a Sterling. And I think that's what we lack. Maybe that that sort of that sort of speed, just to run in um, and go for it, because then you can then supply the ball to Haaland, who is we as we know, incredibly quick. Interesting
0: points. Um, I'm not going to do this podcast as long as we normally do it because obviously we're a person down because of of Ian, which is through no fault of his own, um, <clears throat> will return to the sort of normal length next week. So I'm going to ask one more question before we we wrap it up for this week, which is uh, the, the danger is this one, as, as always, will date because I'm going to ask you about the Seville game, but not about the Seville game specifically, because I'm thinking when I, when I go to the game and I do my Match Day vlog, which obviously you can see on YouTube, I'll be asking fans what they think of the fact that today, on Wednesday, um, City will field a very youthful setup. almost certainly 11 changes from the side that played at Leicester, and then 11 changes again for the visit of Fulham. And I know that the vast majority of people, wanting to be positive, will say things like really looking forward to seeing the young players, really excited to see the young players, to which I will let them say that. They can say what they want, but there'll be a little sceptical bit of me thinking, you know, if this had been an EDS match this afternoon, you wouldn't have bothered coming down and you wouldn't have been excited about it, would you? If the actual under-23s or the actual under-19s would play, because the under-19s are actually playing on Wednesday at three o'clock at the Etihad Stadium. I'll be there watching them. There'll be about three or four hundred other people. And yet in the evening, everybody will be claiming that they're dead excited to go and watch the young players play in a dead rubber. Personally, I feel, I mean, this is the real juxtaposition of this argument. We're talking about players being overplayed, being having too many matches, mentally and physically strained, etc., etc. Yet there will be people, I'm sure I'll see them, who will have flown a long way to come and watch a Champions League game, paid a lot of money to watch games, tickets are not cheap, and we'll then see City's reserves playing. But wh- how many of them will actually admit it? So I just wonder whether you two can honestly say, you know, because I know you'll definitely be at the game, Toby. I don't know whether, Paul, you can get them. I know you've got a busy cool. schedule. You don't always get to the midweek Champions League home games. But but do you feel let down by the team selection? Or are you one of those who is going to say, Looking forward to young, watching the young players, and yet can't be bothered to actually go and watch the young players when the young players are just playing. Toby, let's get you first.
1: <laughs> uh, I I look forward to any city game. <laughs> I don't. I just I just feel lucky and 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 happy to be in the position I am to be able to go to to so many games. To be honest. Um, but I, I'm not frustrated by the team selection. I, I I understand the position we're in. I understand that we we have a busy schedule. I understand that the players are going to the World Cup, um, and I look I want to look at the bigger picture. We've we've you know what's what's more important for us. We've got we've got Fulham this weekend who have been playing out of their skin this season. Um, very unexpected, uh, and that's not a given. Maybe maybe in previous seasons you would say that's a given. I don't think it's a given. Um, and then we've got Chelsea, who have been, I know they lost to Brent, uh, sorry to Brighton this weekend for one, but, but let's just let's put that result aside. They've been playing very well under the new manager. So I look at it and I go, well, what would I rather do? Or would I rather, I mean, would I rather play my big players in a game that is a dead rubber or would I rather have the youngsters on? Let's see them. Let's 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 give them like let's give them the European experience because at the end of the day they are the players who might be playing in the City team in the bigger games one day, maybe next season or in, in in the in seasons to come. The likes of Cole Palmer are very very um ones to look forward to for 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 the next few seasons. Um, or would I would I rather see that bigger players play in? the games where we need them to. I'd rather see the bigger players play in the games we need them to and, and, and be fitter for those games and then see the youngsters and see what they can do and, and give them that experience and that feel of a Champions League night because it's a different feel. It's a different game. You know, you get a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, but it's sunny and it's, it's, you get different. The Champions League, is a different feel, the, the, the Knights are a different feel against European opposition who play different styles of football. Um, so I think it's a great experience for the youngsters and I, I'm, I'm not against it. I, I'll still go to the games, I'll still enjoy it, I'll still watch them, watch them play and be happy and cheer them on and if we win, we win, if we lose, we lose, we watch City no matter what.
0: But Toby, you and yeah. I, we go to... I know that at the moment you're in the, the zone where you go into every game, home and away, all over Europe. And mm. that's what I've done all my life. So therefore, having bought the ticket, gone into all the cup schemes, uh, knowing that you're going to go to every game, I can understand the mentality of the prag- pragmatism of leaving your key players out and just mm. fulfilling a fixture. I get that completely. But do you not have any empathy whatsoever with the the fan uh, which city are trying to attract more and more of these fans who come along because it's a big occasion. You know that <laughs> there'll be a lot of them will turn up on Wednesday they have yeah. come to see Erling Haaland, who've come to see Kevin De Bruyne, who've come to see Phil Foden, who've come to see Jack Grealish or whoever it might be or Edison that they want to watch. And almost certainly they're not going to see any of those players. Do you not have any empathy with that at all?
1: I do have some empathy and and I can I can tell you why I do as well. Um I was I went when obviously when all the group was came out, I I looked at the group and and went before the fixtures of when they organized it came out and I said, I really hope that we don't have an away game as the last game, because we will almost certainly be through and we will probably be top by that point. So there will be nothing to fight for. I would still go because I'd still want to watch City and I still want to enjoy it, and I'd still want to, to, as you say, be in the mindset of going to, to all the games, which is what I'm in at the moment. Um, but there would be that that sort of disappointment um, so I do have a little bit of empathy but for me I and it sounds so harsh and so horrible and I and my, my dad's actually coming up for the game on on Wednesday um, and my dad obviously lives in the south that's where I'm from and I said to him I'm like are you sure you want to do that game because that's going to be the game that we are going to be finished with the group's going to be done. It's going to be, it's going to be, I will probably be top. Why are you coming to that? one? But he's still, he's, he's still coming. So, so, but I almost think, well, if, if, because of that, I almost think, well, if, if you're going to come to it, if you're going to travel that distance, if you're going to come to a city game, why not come to a city game that was potentially going to be more important? I understand people have schedules and understand people have times when they can come, but so I do have a little bit of empathy, but I also do think, well, why wouldn't you then come to a game um, that, that if you're travelling far, like overseas, anything like that, why wouldn't you come to a game that is going to be more important, like the Dortmund game?
0: Well, I mean, I'll ask Paul in just a second, and I know it's a completely different, different. thing when you're talking about, because I have a great passion for musical theatre, as some people will know as well. And if I went along to watch musical theatre, and it was in the West End, and I wanted to see all the stars, And I went down on the day and said, well, they're actually all appearing in the Royal Variety performance in three days. So we've rested them all today and all of the understudies are performing. And I'd be thinking I paid 150 quid here for a ticket I'd be absolutely gutted. Now, I know it's not the same thing, and I know it's sport, but we're also trying to convince people that sport is an entertainment. That's why people want to get – they want to see the stars, you know, and and that. So I I do get it. I understand it. But I also understand the real conflict of of not overplaying, not not getting the injury. I get both sides of it. So let's ask Paul. What's your? I mean, obviously, Paul. And I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I don't know whether you'll go on Wednesday or not. But as a businessman who has to juggle your working life with games, I know sometimes you have to make that choice. But knowing that the game on Wednesday is this dead rubber and it is almost certainly to be the under 23s, effectively, who are playing, surely that that put you off going on Wednesday, will it?
2: I always try and get to midweek games, but. With the line of work, it just sometimes doesn't happen. And the stress and the pressure of trying to get out early to, to get to the game just sometimes it's that overwhelming. There's no point in doing it. But um, there's it's two sides to the story, I think. these if if you're a, a you know a regular match going fan, which which us three, we we get to see these stars. Maybe not every week, um, but you know most weeks we're watching these players and we're watching them live. So we get used to that. Um, players, that, fans that are coming over just for specific matches, well, there's two sides to it. You can think, well, you take your chance. You know, if you just want to pick and cherry pick your matches, you can get to, which I understand with the reasons I've just explained. Sometimes you can only do that. It's it's, it's, it's tough sometimes. Um, if, if you, you know, I support the whole club. I'm not a fan boy. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, if Mahrez leaves, I won't go and start supporting, you know, whoever he goes to because Mahrez is gone. I support Manchester City. Players come, players go. So, you know, it's great to see these players live. I know when we've played Barcelona, um, you know, you go, you want to see Messi, don't you? Um, You know, these players that turn up and you want to see them and we have seen them on many occasions. We've seen them live playing football, which is great. But sometimes, Sometimes it just doesn't happen and if, if, if you're that keen on seeing a certain player play well get a season ticket and come down that's you know that's the the, 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 the the crux of it um get to more matches um failing that it just is what it is and you've got to accept that as a modern fan now that it was okay when it was Manchester City playing at main Road, in Every now and then we might have got, you know, a bit of a cup run or, you know, we got to a full members cup final, or whatever. That was fantastic. But now it's, it's it's a bigger business. We're in every competition and we, we're always to the end of, you know, the, the final stages of these competitions. So you've got to use your squad. Because if we didn't use our squad, these players that we pay a lot of money for to watch would play even less because they'd be injured. So... You know, it's one of them. I, I completely get it. I understand it, but from a selfish point of view, you've just got to go. What you go with, and whatever team Pet picks, you've got to. You've got to go watch it. It's
0: As simple as that. Well, I think that sums it up quite nicely. So, thanks very much to Toby and to Paul. Um Obviously, as I say, uh, Ian Miller had promised to come on the uh, the yeah. podcast, but just couldn't. And and I get it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not having a go at any at Ian Spider, as we call him in any way but he's not been able to master it so we'll get him to master it another time we'll do another podcast of course next sunday because we record these generally on a sunday fulham is the the game next saturday and before that the seville game in midweek and if you can and you're listening to this, and you're somewhere in the Greater Manchester area, or you go into the main game, I urge you, go down, I know it's a dead rubber as well, ironically, but go and watch the under-19 game at three o'clock at the Academy Stadium. I always love watching the under-19s, and then, of course, it'll be effectively, I suppose, the under-23s in the main stadium. But we've got some great, exciting talent there as well. I'm certainly looking forward to it, but then again, I go to every game, so it doesn't matter to me sometimes when the... There is a game when there are no senior players in it. That doesn't bother me. But I do have some empathy with those who have made the journeys or the long you know, the long trips and paid out the hard-earned money um, to, to watch the superstars and not playing. But then again, we've talked about fixture pileups, so it's such a complex issue. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, thanks very much to Paul and Toby, of course. Thanks very much to Howard solicitors who have offices throughout Greater Manchester and Cheshire. Uh, And if you want any help from them, any advice on any subject, have a look at the website, howardsolicitors.com, or give them a bell on 0161 872 999. Um, It was a great victory in as much as it was a wonderful goal from Kevin De Bruyne, and it was three points from Leicester City, who've just come into a little bit of form. Um, So nothing to complain about, really, but... What's the point of not analysing what we've watched and try to look ahead to what the future might hold? But overall, City sit second in the Premier League through as group winners the Champions League. In the League Cup against Chelsea a week on Wednesday, uh, the FA Cup's still to come. There's, I know there's a couple of injuries at the moment, but nothing massively serious. Um, I'm sure all those players that have got problems will be back the other side of the World Cup. What's not to like? What's not to like about being a City fan? In fact, I'd sum it up by saying this. It's great to be a Blue.